Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Jersey Baseball Show. We've got Connor Brew of Thunder and Lightning Performance over in Hamilton, one of the top uh, training facilities for high school, college athletes in the area, do an incredible job with uh, a lot of our baseball guys through the years. Connor, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mike. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's get right into it and, you know, kind of give us the, the story of, of how you got to this position um, starting out as a, as a college baseball player yourself, um, you know, as you hear so many times in similar situations, kind of the, uh, the injury route side, sidelines a career and kind of gets you into a, another career that, that ends up being, you know, kind of the, the path forward. Right. So, yeah, uh, I went to Wagner college out of high school. Uh, I played one year there, um, wound up tearing my knee up. Uh, during the course of the season, but I went to school there. Wagner was one of the few schools that had a pre-veterinary program, which is what I wanted to do going into college. Um, so when I got hurt, I had the opportunity to kind of reevaluate things because I didn't feel as though that was a career that I wanted to pursue. Um, so I looked into some things that I, you know, being around sports my whole life, loved training, figured that would be a, a good avenue to pursue from there. I uh, looked into, you know, athletic training, physical therapy, and, you know, exercise science. Um, so that summer, I wound up transferring to Montclair State because they had a fresh exercise science program. Um, I played the remainder of my eligibility at Montclair, uh, finished my four years, and then um, graduated with an exercise science degree. I interned at Seton Hall University uh, after I finished playing. So I got to work with all of their varsity sports and mainly worked with their baseball, softball, and men's basketball programs. Then I enrolled in a master's program at Montclair State as well, but I, this time I was able to be a graduate assistant. Um, so along with some of my exercise science duties, uh, our head coach at Montclair brought me back to do the year-round strength and conditioning with, um, with our baseball program. So I did that for about two and a half years. And then prior to graduating uh, with the master's program, I interned up in Massachusetts at Cressy Sports Performance. So many people that watch this podcast probably know who Eric Cressy is, um, who's now the director of health and performance for the Yankees. So I was there uh, in the Massachusetts facility that summer, and that was like a life-changing experience um, just putting everything together from what I learned in school, prior experiences of coaching and training on the side, um, and then just blending it all together and just kind of felt like a reinvigorated version of myself, um, especially being isolated, which I'd never really done prior to that, of being away you know, from family, friends, everybody that I've known previously for three months uh, was definitely a, a refreshing experience. And then when I came back, uh, Eric had asked me to work for the New Balance area code training camps that fall. So I was able to travel to Houston, Dallas, uh, Harrisburg, PA, and Milwaukee. So that was, uh, I think they changed it now, but it was like a combine type of camp where all the athletes that were looking to participate in the area code games that following summer went to get some performance metrics done. And then we kind of put them through a training session in the back half of the day. Uh, so that was a pretty cool experience as well. And then I graduated my master's program that December, January. And then I, I came back here and 
uh, started working in the Mercer County area at the old game time performance uh, that was over on 130. Um, man, that's how I kind of got introduced to you as well through uh, an old friend of mine, Andrew Lissy. And uh, I worked at that facility for almost a year. And then game time, as we all know, kind of went all their different ways. And it gave me the opportunity to start TNL. Um, so I did that on December 4th, 2017. It's hard to believe it's almost been, uh, it's almost been four years. I, I think COVID sort of skews the time for, for everybody. Um, you, know, you, you had the experience of, of trying to grow a business through a global pandemic and really at a, at a crucial stage. Um, you know, you, you've been fortunate. You've got a great core group of, of, of athletes that you've kind of developed and, and work with. You know, was that what were some of the challenges of, of kind of dealing through that period and getting to a point now where you've really got everything back on track and ready to take that next step? Yeah, so probably the hardest thing was we, we had a lot of momentum going into the spring. Uh, we, we were growing that core group um, even more so than where we were. Uh, and we were looking forward to a really big summer as well with a lot of the college athletes come back and just, uh, you know, word of mouth uh, with teammates or friends from the area. So everything just kind of came to a screeching halt, as we all remember. Um, but the hardest thing, you know, business wise was trying to just keep everything afloat. Um, but mainly within our community was keeping like the continuity and the group together um, to make sure everyone was still at the minimum doing something on their own um you know under our supervision to make sure we knew that they weren't just sitting on their butts playing video games throughout <laughs> the entire lockdown yeah um in the beginning it was hard to get people into our time slots that we had made available and you know doing everything through zoom wasn't ideal but um as we developed some momentum there we had two groups one was if you had equipment at home we catered um, and tailored the program to what you had and for everybody that didn't have equipment that was our large group we just did a you know body weight workout every day and that one was actually probably the most gratifying one because we had more people in it um, and it was more of like a hangout session at the end for a couple minutes so that everyone could just catch up and kind of bs a little bit you know yeah. Um, and then during the like midway point or so, we we started an MLB the show league um, with people at the gym. So that was a lot of fun to do. And, you know, we uh, to help support some other small businesses within the area. I purchased a couple of gift cards from them and people who wound up winning our, our tournaments and leagues. You know, I gave them the uh, gift cards as the winners. Um, and then as the weather started to get warmer and, you know, restrictions got lifted that we could go outside. We started doing uh, some outdoor workouts, mainly like speed sessions. Um, we did them at Princeton um, on their like practice soccer field. Uh, first day we were on the practice football field. We almost got kicked off. Um, we thought someone was calling the cops on us. And uh, we were instructed to just go over to the, uh, the practice soccer field. And we did that for almost a month and a half before we opened up um, outside in the back lot. And then obviously, you know, we'll probably never go back to that. So it was cool to enjoy that process of bringing equipment inside and outside of the gym all day, every day. And, 
you know, putting canopies up so that we weren't melting in the hundred degree heat on the blacktop. Um, but it definitely built a lot of character for sure. And um, made it resourceful, kind of brought everybody closer together, probably ultimately, right? Yeah, it it, it made uh, like our TNL OGs, as I call them, people who have been with us since we started, but also, you know, some kids who have also been here for two, three years now, you know, it made that group stronger because they were all training together and in definitely unique circumstances. So um, that was a fun time and everybody enjoyed it after like getting over, like being around people again, that was probably a, a big hurdle as well. And then, you know, last September we started going back inside and you know there's been transitions from wearing masks and smaller groups to being you know uh super paranoid about disinfecting everything and now you know things are starting to to get back to normal and this summer definitely felt like normal again um you know being inside the gym uh in what we call the sauna um during the summer and just having everybody inside and having less restrictions than we you know we had a year ago so it's kind of crazy to think how much has changed during the course of the year yeah you mentioned eric cressy that you know certainly was uh one of the big impacts on on your life and and i believe he stuck you with a uh, a nickname um, <laughs> you're not just connor you're also the movement ninja um, yeah how did that, was that a- come about and you know, that that really, to me, I always thought that was something that could just, it's like handing you a gift that could kind of keep on giving as far as uh, your reputation. But where did that come from? And, and, and you know, what what is that? Uh, to, to get, you know, that attention from him is a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it was definitely uh, random when he called me it. Um, so at the time, it was like the back portion of the internship and they were hosting the three-day elite baseball mentorship which was like one of their biggest uh continuing education programs that they open up for 30 coaches worldwide i think we had people from japan the uk college coaches all around the country come to it and it's very baseball centric uh so the first couple days are mainly like presentations um on like breaking down the biomechanics of hitting and throwing and um the last day was more of the training side of things. So Eric asked me to be the like demo for a lot of the baseball centric exercises that they program, like the med balls, the jumping arm care exercises. So uh, I think it was one of the jumping exercises. Uh, as he introduced me, he called me the house movement ninja. So it was uh, completely random and uh, definitely cool to hear. And one of my old college teammates who's one of our pro guys now um as like a year later he was like you should just start using that as like your alter ego like professional persona and absolutely um i changed my professional ig handle to that and um it actually kind of blew up i started posting regularly through that and um i got reposted by one of the like top uh fitness equipment companies perform better and uh like overnight i had 300 more followers so that was definitely really cool not a lot of people get their their handles or or gifted alter uh, egos by eric cressy i would imagine so nah i might be like the only one (laughs) you gotta take advantage of it right yeah um so when you get a new athlete you know somebody whether it's word of mouth through somebody who's had success you know whether it's somebody who just kind of you know, see something, they kind of catch on through the, the 
the you know the website you know kind of through that portal um you know take us through the the process of kind of onboarding them because one of the things i'm always impressed with is you know your your ability to to not be cookie cutter and like hey this is joe high school student we're going to give them the joe high school program you know what what do you do with your your new athletes take us through that process and you know, without going into too much detail and taking three or four hours of, of your time, you know, how do you, what do you think about in, in putting together a program for them? Sure. So I'll try not to let my nerd show off too much, but um, <laughs> so any new athlete, uh, kind of like our initial thing is to, if they want to come in for a gym tour and check out, you know, a group that's training and kind of see what goes on inside the electric factory. Uh, we'll do that. And then the next step, if they are um, interested in starting up a training routine there, we have two options. Uh, so we do things in seasonal blocks. Uh, each of those blocks are 13 weeks. So we have a fall, winter, spring and summer block. Um, the most optimal way is to come into our first week of the block. And that's a, a testing week for all of our new athletes or any athlete that may have missed the previous block. So and during that, we'll go through um, mobility assessments uh, more in a general fashion. And we, we spend more time going over our performance metrics. So we have a baseline of mobility to kind of see what the athlete needs. Um, you know, obviously with a sport like baseball, injuries are very high uh, or have a higher prevalence and are more unique to other sports where you know, like soccer, you're going to have more head, neck injuries and knee injuries for the most part. You know, throwing is probably one of the most unnatural things to do. And the overhead throw with the shoulder rotation uh, is the fastest movement in all of sports happens at thousands of degrees per second. So um, the goal is to not treat our baseball players and to get rid of that myth of like needing to be treated like a delicate flower where we want them to you know, get bigger, faster and stronger and move better at the end of the day. So once we have all that information, we'll, uh, we'll take it into consideration for our, our programming and see what was presented with that individual um, and see what they need to work on. But a big thing is, is creating relationships with all of our athletes and seeing what they want to do. You know, do they want to finish out their high school career and be the best high school player that they could be? Are they playing at the next level? Um, do they want to have aspirations to potentially play past the college level? You know, and what are the steps that we would need to do to get there? Um, and then kind of locking in all aspects of their development. Um, so one, one of my personal goals is to eventually get a bigger facility and do more on the skill development side of things, but we don't do that right now. So we have to control, we can control. Um, so, are they physically where they need to be mentally uh, where they need to be? And then on the physical front, we can break that down in terms of like their body. Do they need to put on weight? Do they need to lose weight? And then um, are they more of a mobile athlete or are they more of a stiff athlete? And then we're kind of, you know, on the spectrum, you know, are you mobile? Or are you very stiff? how can we move towards the middle for each of those? You know, if you do fall into one end of the extreme or the other, um, because at the end of the day, everyone thinks stretching, stretching, stretching. But if I'm moving around like Gumby, I don't want to do any more stretching at the end of the day. I want to be able to control my joints. So um, mobility in my point of view is the ability to 
control a joint through its range of motion. So I may be able to manipulate your joint to a specific range of motion, but you may only be able to move it, you know, to a certain point about 15, 20 degrees less than what you have. So we need to be able to get that extra range of motion on your own so that you have ownership of it. Um, and then on terms of the performance side of things, you know, we started doing things here um, and force velocity profiling, especially with the jumping and the speed metrics, you know, are you more of a force athlete that produces a lot of force, uh, but doesn't really move well at high velocities? Or are you a velocity athlete that maybe takes a little bit longer to get going, but once you're moving, you move very well and better than most people. So like in terms of a 60, um, you know, a force athlete would do very well for the first 10 to 20 yards, you know, which is the acceleration phase of sprinting. Uh, but then they might kind of fade off, you know, from the 20 to the 60 yard mark somewhere in between. Uh, if you're a velocity athlete it might take you a little bit longer to get going for those first 20 yards. But once you get going, you're going to pick up a little more speed than the force athlete. So how can we use our technology that we have here to um, identify those things and to be able to then group our athletes into certain categories so that they're getting the most optimal thing for them. And then, you know, uh, it's just a matter of how many times a week an athlete comes in to train so that, you know, we need to know what are our lowest hanging pieces of fruit and we need to work on those first. If they're coming in less frequently, if we're coming in more frequently, we know we can space things out through the course of the week and create a, a more elaborate plan for them over the course of those 13 weeks. This time of year, you know, kind of right in the heart of fall season, but right around the corner to, uh, I don't say dead period, because there's so many indoor places now to, to keep working that there weren't when I, when I was younger. But, but certainly kind of the slowdown period and more the, the building up of your body period. What are some of the, uh, the more regularly asked questions that you get from, from your athletes? I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of uh, similar age people watching this and you know, probably have some of the same questions. Sure. So we typically get um, like, how do I improve my velocity? You know, what are some of the factors? Gotta be number that, one, right? That's, yeah, I'd say that and like, how do you put on weight are probably the two biggest things with our, our male yep. population, for sure. Um, but velocity is probably the biggest one. Um, and there is no quick fix at the end of the day. Some people respond to other things a little bit differently than others. But, you know, you kind of have to have the like all inclusive package going on to really exploit that and maximize your development. Um, another one is, you know, how do I improve my 60 or I need to get faster? Um, and we get, we deal a lot with, uh, injured athletes as well and needing to get back to full health. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what are some of the steps that they need to take to get there? Um, and we are connected with a couple local PTs. So, um, if we're unable to facilitate their training, we'll, we'll refer them out. Um, so that they can then get healthy and then come back so that they can get back to their development. But the biggest thing is, you know, how do you improve velocity? Uh, how do I improve like my bat speed or exit VLO? How do I hit the ball farther? How do I sprint faster? Um, and how do I put on weight are probably our biggest questions with our, our baseball population. That'll probably never change, right? That's, that's always going to be what, what's the, the, the best way to do that. Um, 
moving forward, where do you see TNL kind of at this point? You know, what do we see on the on the horizon? You know, the, the things that you want to implement and get going in the near future. Um, I know you mentioned obviously a bigger place and more skill development down the road a little bit, but but probably not there yet. What do we see kind of you know the next three to six months? Uh, so during that time period. Um... Coach Sean just became a certified nutrition coach through Precision Nutrition, which is uh, probably the most worldly, world-recognized nutrition company um, or recognized in the world. Uh, so we're going to start doing more hands-on nutrition coaching with our athletes, uh, especially for people who need more individualized attention on that front versus just kind of like, hey, go on the seafood diet, you know, where you see food and you eat it. Um, for those people that need to gain a lot of weight. Um, so, you know, for especially people who may suffer from allergies or, you know, are in more unique situations that need more accountability, uh, we're going to be unveiling that. We have a, a nutrition seminar uh, called Fueling for Performance that we're going to be doing uh, in-person attendance, but also we're going to do uh, virtual attendance as well on uh, Wednesday, October 6th at 730 um, we're looking to get our off season hitting program up and running again. Uh, so we installed a retractable batting cage, uh, two off seasons ago as at the end of 2019. So we've had a couple off seasons now, and we're looking to bring in another hitting instructor as well to help facilitate some of the hours throughout the week, um, and kind of make that more of a consistent portion of what we offer for our athletes so that we can see the and control kind of the development side of things at least on the hitting front um, just so that you know it aligns with what we are teaching from the performance standpoint and sometimes when people are going to other instructors you know our ideologies don't align with what their instructors do and you know there's a disconnect in what we're trying to get across from a movement standpoint that maybe is being neglected elsewhere so definitely Locking that in last year, uh, one of our pro pitchers, uh, Ben Gross, he handled a lot of the throwing development with our college athletes because they were home for the fall semester. Um, so I think he's still playing. I believe his team is in the championship round right now. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to see him in a couple of weeks and uh, potentially see what we got going on on that front as well, or at least providing, you know, maybe some throwing programs for guys to do uh, this off season. And then, you know, it doesn't really pertain to people watching most likely, but, you know, we are revamping our adult training too. That That's something that we've been wanting to get going again um, and can be a very uh, important thing for the business moving forward, especially um, for the next, you know, six to 12 months so we can um, make some more changes there and then also help grow the facility more so that we can eventually get into what, uh, you know, I'm manifesting as a TNL 3.0. This is 2.0. I guess uh, game time was uh, the initial, right? No. So believe it or not, um, 1.0 started across the street. Oh, that's right. Um, I was lucky enough. Uh, one of my buddies, I'll give them a shout out because they provided me with an opportunity, but my, Old college teammate, Mike Ritalewski or Mike Rytel, who's the director of performance at uh, Train Invictus down in the shore area, and Steve Johnson, Lake Kick Nation. Um, they uh, 
let me know about their uh, satellite spot over in Hamilton, which is actually across the street from where I'm at now. And uh, they gave me the opportunity to start up uh, when I did, and then, you know, eventually grew out of that space to come into uh, TNL 2.0. That's right. That's right. Now, you probably get this a lot from from people that are, you know, in the in the, you know, questioning stage, early stage. You know, why a place like TNL as opposed to, you know, a, a goals gym or or just kind of a uh, Planet Fitness kind of doing your own thing. You know, where does the, you know, where where does the you know the the differentiation take place there? Sure. Um, so we're believers in our community and our culture. Um, so it's obviously more than just the like the X's and O's of training. Um, one of our standards, which is like our housekeeping in the gym is, you know, you need to say hi and bye to everybody. So one of the few things that a handful of our, I'll call them like our Gen 2 wave who are now in college, you know, like the Jack Haynes of the world, uh, Drew Smiley, like uh, Jason Ramirez, um, you know, they've developed friendships through training here. Otherwise, they never would have known each other. And if it was just a place like, hey, you're an athlete, come in, get your workout in with the people around you. But there's no other like social interaction going on while they're training. Um, you know, that's kind of one of the big things that we take a lot of pride in is just uh, our culture when you're in the gym and the community that we developed with all of our athletes and everyone getting to know each other and creating that team-like environment when you're here, although nobody's doing their own uh, training program or they're not doing the same thing. Everyone's doing their own training program, which makes it a little more challenging at the end of the day to create that environment since, you know, you and I might be doing two completely different exercises at a given point versus, you know, like in a college weight room, everyone's doing the same thing or half right. the group is doing one thing, half the group's doing the other thing. So it's easy to get, you know, get hyped up because someone next to you might be doing 15, 20 more pounds than you and, you know, everyone around you. So we've, uh, we've, it was challenging in the beginning, but definitely has grown to something that we're very happy with. Um, and then it's the coaching at the end of the day, you yeah. know, uh, like for example, like Eric can write me a program. He can write all of our athletes programs, but if everyone did it on their own, we'd get, you know, if we had 40, 50 athletes, we'd get 40 to 50 different results from those programs, not just because of the individuals, but they're all doing different things because they're not being supervised while they're doing it. So we take a lot of pride in our attention to detail. Uh, with our coaching and making sure that not only you know what you're doing and how to do it, but the why behind the exercises is what we like to really bridge the gap with of you're doing this exercise. This is how it relates to a previous exercise, which is going to make dividends or going to help transfer into your swing. You know, this movement is almost identical to what you're doing when you load in your throw on the mound or when you're loading when you swing and getting that across so that they can, the athlete can then kind of relate that context um, and then start to have better body awareness. That's probably one of the best compliments we can get from a parent. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten it a few times is, you know, my son or even my daughter they have a lot more awareness of what they're doing in games or they know what to do with their bodies more. Um, and that is a really cool compliment when we get it just because it's, it's, it's unique and it's different because it's not, Hey, my son got super strong and, right. you know, got faster, but you know, they're reckless and they're still raw on the field. 
that's when you can kind of, you know, put the pieces together and they're, you know, they're starting to come together as more of a complete athlete when they can, you know, as they say, okay, athletes make adjustments game to game, good athletes make them at bat to at bat, but the great athletes or players uh, make those adjustments pitch to pitch. And, you know, if, you know, you got out of whack on a swing or a throw on the mound, how can you make the adjustment and get back to where you need to get to on that next pitch or, or next swing that you're going to take? So um, those are probably the big things that we take a lot of pride in that uh, you might not get at a commercial style gym or more of, you know, like a, a larger group setting as well. Sure, sure. So again, here with Connor Brew. Um, Connor, what would you say is the best way to connect with you if I'm looking to, uh, to make that jump? Uh, either through our website, uh, www.tnl-performance.com. We have a, a submission form on the website where you can kind of, you know, lay out what your needs are as an athlete. And um, I can contact you directly there or uh, through our Instagram is another big one. I like connecting with any of our new followers, um, TNL performance or at TNL performance on IG. And uh, if you follow us through there, uh, I typically follow up with uh, a direct message, you know, asking how you found us and, you know, what type of content are you interested in consuming? And if we can help, you know, create some content for you that could benefit you, even if you're not training here um, and you're more of just uh, like a virtual supporter and, you know, we've had a handful of athletes that were uh, like window shopping for a couple months and used a lot of the pieces of content that we threw up on our Instagram. And then, you know, several months later, they came and started training and we're like, hey, I was just whatever exercises you put on your Instagram, I was just mixing and matching and going to the school weight room and, and just kind of doing things. Yeah, it's, it's got to be cool when it happens that way, right? It's, uh, you know, you don't know who you impact when you when you put something out there. And then when you when you get that feedback, it's got to be a great feeling. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so appreciate the time, Connor. I always a friend of uh, NJ College Baseball Nation slash general slash uh, capitals uh, slash South Jersey Kings next year. Probably want to throw in there that that Jason actually did give up a home run to Jack this summer, which was probably – interesting or fun for you and probably fun for the guys in, uh, in the, in the facility next time they, the next time they both showed up. Um, yeah. Jack is Jason's daddy. <laughs> and, and, and I'm sure Jason reminded him that he won the game, but I don't think it mattered at that point. I, I don't know. <laughs> Winning's important, but not that, not as important as individual success. Right. Exactly. At uh, least in those cases. That's right. I uh, appreciate the time as always. Certainly best of uh, luck, best of success, the fall and, and, and winter. And, uh, you know, hopefully get more of our guys in there and, and doing great things. Appreciate the time, Mike. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, it's cool to, to do this and give back and just kind of talk about, you know, how we can help athletes, you know, moving forward. 100%. All right. That's all, all for this week. Again, Connor Brew on the uh, Jersey Baseball Show. And we'll, uh, we'll see you down the road. Have a good one, Mike.